Welcome to the Jeff Caven Show, where we talk about the Bible, discipleship, and evangelization, putting it all together and living as activated disciples. This is Show 285, Cracklin' Rosie Revival. Thanks for joining me again. We're here together to talk about discipleship and the Bible and walking with Jesus. And man, I got a message for you today. And uh, it's a message that is just so perfect for the times that we're living in and, and maybe maybe even what you're going through in your life or what you had, you might have a friend who's really going through a, a tough time. But I'll, I'll tell you, watching the news, and I've talked about this before, but watching the news there are times where you see story after story after story of people who are wounded, people who are broken, people who are who are lost, and we see so much evidence of the ways that people are trying to heal themselves and to heal those wounds. And we hear about it just recently, of course, you know, fentanyl is in the news these days, and we hear, hear about thousands upon thousands who are dying in search of, of healing, a healing that that it is deep. And people say that that this is awful. It's really awful what young people are doing today related to the fentanyl uh, crisis. And I think to myself, no, no. Awful is a word, yes, but no, I would say it's truthful. It's young people crying out for love. And it's people crying out for healing in their heart, healing in their mind. They're desperate for healing. And you know what happens when you when you can't find the healing? Well, then you have to self-medicate. And you have to go about trying to heal yourself, which, as you know, it doesn't end up well, does it? And, of course, we see this in the news every single day. Do you know how many people right now that you know, maybe at work or in your neighborhood or a family member, are really suffering today from things that happened to them when they were a child that nobody knows about? They never shared anything, but they carry the weight of that pain Things that happened when they were growing up or how they were teased in high school or the shame they felt at, at work when something, something happened. And not to mention just loneliness. Do you know of anyone? Maybe you. Loneliness and how that loneliness uh, will, will push you to the point where you look for comfort in your life. I just saw a video of this street in, street in Philadelphia. I think it's Kensington, if I remember right, where there are... Uh, so many crack addicts and meth addicts that are literally frozen into a position. They think they call that the nod, and and they it, it's horrible to see human beings created in the image and likeness of God who are searching for happiness. And it's news. It's uh, for some people it must be entertainment online. You know they're watching all these broken people, but you and me. <laughs> You and I, my friend, this is our time. This is our time. And you and I have the answer to the, the, the pain and the, the loneliness and the hurt that people are experiencing today. The title of today's show is Cracklin' Rosie Revival. I'll get to that in a moment. But if you would like the show notes for this show and all the ones in the future, all you got to do is type my name out, one word, Jeff Cavins, and you can text my name to the number 33777. That's 33777. And we'll give you the show notes. Simple as that. It's all free. I'm here every week. Every week. I am not going to miss this. You kidding me? 
chance to be with you and talk about these things. Cracklin' Rosie Revival. No doubt that caught your attention. Uh, it was back in the early 70s that I first heard Cracklin' Rosie. I think it was the hot August night with Neil Diamond. And that song, of course, along with Sweet Caroline and uh, uh, America and all these songs, they became almost like anthems in our culture, didn't they? You know, everybody knew how to sing Sweet Caroline. And I think there's a baseball team somewhere in the country who actually uh, adopted it as their anthem. And there are, there are colleges that have adopted that song as their anthem. Well, Cracklin' Rosie is one of those songs that everybody was singing, but I would submit to you today, they didn't know what they were talking about. They didn't know what they were singing about. So let me tell you just real quickly the story behind Cracklin' Rosie, the song that Neil Diamond wrote, who, uh, yeah, I'm a Neil Diamond fan for sure. Bob Dylan, Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond was playing in Northern Canada in the 1960s, and after his concert, he was interviewed by a local newspaper. And uh, the lady that was was interviewing Neil Diamond, um, she was talking about his life and where he was going and his background and so forth. And then Neil Diamond, I can't call him Neil, we're not on his first name basis yet, but uh, Neil Diamond asked the lady about her family and come to find out she was the daughter of uh, Christian missionaries. And her parents were doctors on an Indian reservation in Canada. And on one of the reservations, uh, this lady went on and told Neil Diamond that it seems that there were uh, more men than women. That was the that was the the you know the consensus that there are many more men than women on this reservation. And so when it came time for the weekend and holidays, when people would all get together and the men would uh, get their date, you know, and find uh, someone to go and watch a movie with at night on Saturday, whatever it might be, the men who didn't have a, a lady would go down to the general store and buy a bottle of rosé wine called Cracklin' Rosé wine. Not kidding about this. Cracklin' Rosé wine, and they would say that they would be their woman. That bottle of rosé wine would be their woman for the weekend. And so it became a saying among these, these gentlemen on the reservation on the weekend that uh, they called their woman Cracklin' Rosie, which was their date for the weekend. So when all the other guys would go into town and they had their dates, the guys that didn't have a girl, well, they'd spend their time with Cracklin' Rosie. And listen to the lyrics, in fact. Just listen to this. And when you know the story behind that song, the words are, are really, they really get you in a way. If you can imagine a lonely man, broken, not chosen, and uh, alone, left alone, you might remember these words. We're going to ride till there ain't no more to go, taking it slow. And, oh, Lord, don't you know. In fact, he says here, let me go, go to right here to the beginning. Ah, Cracklin' Rosie, get on board. Now, remember, this is talking about Cracklin' Rosé wine. Ah, Cracklin' Rosie, get on board. We're going to ride till there ain't no more to go. Taking it slow. And Lord, don't you know, we'll have me a time with a poor man's lady. Hitching on a twilight train. Ain't nothing here that I care to take along. Maybe a song to sing when I want. No need to say, please to no man for a happy tune. Oh, I love my rosy child. You got the way to make me happy. You and me, we go in style, crackling rosy. You're a store-bought woman, but you make me sing like a guitar humming. So hang on to me, girl, 
Our song keeps running on. Man, when you hear those words in light of the, the, the backstory there, it really does paint a picture of a culture that is looking for healing. And, uh, and, and as we see in the song Cracklin' Rosie, we see that, that there are other ways of numbing the loneliness and the pain and the woundedness and the brokenness. And that is with the bottle, with the wine. And our crackling rosy was a comfort to heal the wounds, but there is a better way, my friend, a better way. You know that the Bible has an awful lot to say about wine in the Bible. It doesn't quite say rose, you know, rose, but or crackling rosy, but uh, Psalm one hundred four verses fourteen and fifteen talks about praising God for uh, many many things in life, including wine. Psalmist says, you cause the grass to grow for the cattle and the plants for people to use, to bring forth food from the earth and wine to gladden the human heart, oil to make the face shine, and bread to strengthen the human heart. And, and I, I like that line, and wine to gladden the human heart. That's, that's certainly true, isn't it? You know? A lot of people get together at the end of the day and they have a glass of wine with their friends and it gladdens the heart, kind of lifts them and they just have a wonderful conversation. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing sinful about that. But when it becomes, it becomes a problem when you go from a glass of Chardonnay to crackling rosy. And that means that a glass of Chardonnay or a Pinot Noir is not a bad thing and can gladden the human heart. When you turn to wine like a store-bought woman, you turn to crackling rosy to comfort you and to heal you and to, to be your lady, that's when people get into troubles. That's when people have problems. And to be honest with you, there's a lot of people who start off with, yes, wine gladdens the heart, but they move into crackling rosy. And it's more than just a glass of wine. It's actually their comfort. It's their hope at the end of the day. It is more than just a glass of wine. And our culture is filled with wounded people who are searching for healing and wholeness and purpose. And I want to introduce you in today's show to the idea that there is a wine that is greater than Cracklin' Rosie, as, as great as that might have been to those gentlemen on the reservation there who didn't get a date for the weekend. There is a better wine and that is the wine that becomes the body and blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus Christ in the Eucharist. That is the source of our strength and hope and healing in our lives. Uh, Bishop Andrew Cousins in um, Crookston, Minnesota, he is now leading a national effort for a Eucharistic revival. Uh, put that in the show notes for you where they're planning an unbelievable, I should say, a believable Eucharistic revival coming up in the next couple of years. And I think our culture needs it. I really do. And uh, I think there's going to be some great things that will be done that go way beyond Cracklin' Rosie. I would call it a Cracklin' Rosie revival, where people are going to discover the real, the real blood of Jesus. And we need to get people to understand that they are taking the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus in mass. One of the problems that we face, and you can be a part of this, the answer, is that people believe, even in the church, 
something like half. I don't have the statistics on, uh, at my uh, fingertips here, but I believe it's somewhere around a half. Don't even believe that communion is the body and blood, soul and divinity of Jesus. It's wheat in a good memory. Okay, It's rye in a good memory. Whatever people use that are not taking this as seriously as they should. But I think we get to the point where we understand, like, you know, people will say, yes, I do understand uh, uh, that, the, that the Eucharist is the body and blood of Jesus, and they have kind of a, you know, nonchalant attitude about it. But if we would take it seriously and start to talk to people about the healing power of the Eucharist, the healing power of the blood of Christ, then we're going to be a part of bringing healing to these crackling, rosy Americans. Hmm. We're looking for healing, aren't we? A wound filled with, with all kinds of, of hurt. And the Holy Spirit can bring about a deep healing in the hearts of people who are searching. The Holy Spirit opens up our hearts. And this is what happens when we, when we go to Mass. The moment we sit down there and we begin to contemplate the Mass, even before it begins with the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit begins to open our heart before God so that a deeper and a more specific healing can occur during Mass. You know that the holy sacrifice of the Mass is considered, it's considered a prayer of healing. It's a prayer of healing. Boy, I, I tell you what, I've heard all kinds of stories and Eucharistic miracles of people who have been healed instantly. Not, not over a week or two, which is fine, but instantly. Now, I came uh, across some be beautiful quote that I'm going to share with you in just a moment by Dr. James Keating. He wrote a book called Configured to Christ, and he said something about this healing power of the Eucharist that just blew me away. And I'm going to share that with you right on the other side of this break. You're listening to The Jeff Caven Show. Imagine this. You're walking down the street and a Christian at a table with a bunch of pamphlets ask you, have you been saved? What would you do? Would you know how to respond? Hi, I'm Dr. Andrew Swafford, and I'm co-presenter along with Jeff Cavins in Ascension's new Great Adventure Bible Study, Romans, the Gospel of Salvation. In this study, we teach you the biblical foundations for the Catholic teaching on salvation, how to explain salvation quickly and easily to non-Christians, what St. Paul really meant by works not leading to salvation, and how we can enter more deeply into Christ. Paul's letter to the Romans has been at the center of reflection, conversion, and controversy from the very beginning, and it's widely considered his greatest work. I invite you to start a small group in your home or parish and embark on this great adventure. To order, visit ascensionpress.com. Talking about a Cracklin' Rosy revival uh, here on the show today. And uh, I was talking, you know, uh, at the beginning of the show about the back story of Neil Diamond writing that song, Cracklin' Rosy, which, again, I'll, again, I'll, share, I'll share it with you real briefly, is that the, the men on the reservation, the ones who didn't get the dates for the weekend, they had to stay back. They went to the general store and they bought a, ba a bottle of, of Cracklin' Rosé wine, which they started to see as their lady and named that lady Cracklin' Rosie. And that's how they spent their weekend with Cracklin' Rosie. 
Not a good idea. There's something better. That's the Eucharistic revival that's coming to this country, and you can be a part of it. Dr. James Keating, in his book entitled Configured to Christ, said, Sin pathologically clings only to the endless boredom of repetitive daily features of the interior life. Constant rehearsal of our sinfulness, continued recollection of personal inadequacies, denigrating thoughts about the imperfections of neighbors, resentment toward the mundane, bathing in negative thoughts and moods, existing in cynicism and all manners of interior desires bent on the disorder, greed, lust, envy, pride, sloth, anger, and gluttony. All of these desires, Dr. Keating says, all of these desires weigh us down from within and become the signature upon the letter which is our face. The blood of Christ courses through us, get this now, to heal the mind of its errors and ideologies unless we have simply reduced worship and its content to an ideology itself. Then, we have entered the biblical realm of the hardness of heart. He goes on and says, if spiritual healing is to occur, which is what those who spend the weekend with Cracklin' Rosie are looking for, if spiritual healing is to occur, an encounter must occur. We must be seized with the presence of God. In this presence, perhaps dramatic at first, perhaps not, we appropriate meaning, love, and healing at every ever-expanding levels of integration throughout our life. And then he says this, and this is this is one of the one of his statements that really caught my attention. You, by the way, you can get this book from the St. Paul Center. Oh, that's the organization Scott Hahn is running. Listen to this: the Eucharist is the encounter with He who does not will anything but mercy and healing. Such an encounter is, by its nature, ordered toward the healing of interior suffering, and at times physical cure. We cannot be in union with Christ at the Eucharist without receiving the effects of His virtue, His power to heal, mend, and restore. We. This is what he says. He says, we are attracted to so much in these short days of living, but the attraction to the Eucharist is the one desire that sets all other attractions with improper proportionality. Without the, the desire to have Christ's mysteries lived over again in us by way of the Eucharist, the passing age will have more effect upon our interior life than eternity opened up for us in the Paschal Mystery. Oh, we need the Eucharist. We need the Eucharist. We need the Eucharist. And I'm going to encourage you to follow the show notes. I'm going to give you the, the contact information for what Bishop Cousins is doing nationwide in the next couple of years. But I want to share this with you. There's something very powerful here about the uh, Anima Christi. And I think it's the solution to Cracklin' Rosie. And this would be a part of Cracklin' Rosie revival. And, and this, this reminds me of a ministry I told you about a few weeks ago, uh, Wine, Women in the New Evangelization, headed up by Kelly Walquist. And uh, that's a group of women who are literally being changed by the new wine, the Eucharist. And uh, go to catholicvineyard.com. You'll find out more about them. But listen, about, listen to this. Uh, 
For some reason, the Anima Christi reminded me of what they're doing. I guess it's the name Wine, and they've got something way beyond Crackling Rosie. I'll tell you that right now. Listen to the Anima Christi. This was a prayer by St. Ignatius of Loyola. He said, soul of Christ, sanctify me. Body of Christ, save me. Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Water from the side of Christ, wash me. Passion of Christ, strengthen me. O good Jesus, hear me. Within thy wounds, hide me. Separated from thee, let me never be. From the malignant enemy, defend me. At the hour of death, call me. And close to thee, bid me. That with thy saints, I may be praising thee forever and ever. Amen. Isn't that, that's just excellent. That's just excellent praying right there. So I love that line, and you probably caught it, right? Blood of Christ, inebriate me. Now, when we talk about inebriate me, we're not talking about about getting drunk in the sense that people get drunk today, which is losing control of your life. When we talk about blood of Christ, inebriate me, we're talking about the blood of Christ, the Holy Spirit, filling us and taking control of our lives. It's not losing control like drunkenness in the world. It is it is the Holy Spirit controlling us. Inebriate me, blood of Christ. The inebriation for which we pray, Mother Mary Francis uh, talks about this. Uh, Anima Christi, her book, Anima Christi, Soul of Christ, that's put out by Ignatius. I'll put that in the show notes for you too. She says, uh, the inebriation for which we pray is that of which the poets and mystics have written when they said that they were drunk with the love of Christ, inebriated with God, set reeling with the thought of God's glory and of God's love for them. <laughs> I love to be inebriated with that. How about you? Meet me at church for a drink this Sunday, shall we? Let's be inebriated with the blood of Christ. Psalm 4, 4 and verse 7 says, You have put gladness in my heart more than when their grain and wine abound. You see, we're talking about going beyond crackling rosy. We're talking about going way beyond. Now, my friend, if you are stuck right now with crackling rosy, maybe you uh, are alone right now and, and she's your store-bought woman, just like Neil Diamond said. I want to encourage you to drop her. Drop her like a bad habit and seek Christ. Go after the Eucharist. Go after the Lord. If you haven't been to Mass for a while, guess what? This weekend is your time. There are people who are being inebriated by the blood of Christ every single day. You can go every day. You can go on Sundays. But go and drop Cracklin' Rosie like a bad habit and go after the Eucharist. If that is you and you are caught in that trap, if you know of somebody, make it your goal to be a lifesaver for them, to pray for them, to talk to them, encourage them, break the power of Cracklin' Rosie over their life so that they can have the new wine that brings about healing, life, joy, and a sense of security. You can be the messenger of hope and power of the Eucharist. You can minister to, to men left with nothing. But Cracklin' Rosie, I pray for a Cracklin' Rosie revival, and you can be a part of it. You pray with me? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Lord Jesus, oh, we thank you today, Lord. 
We thank you that you have given us something so beyond wine. You have put gladness in our hearts more than, more than grain and wine abound. You've exceeded all of it. Lord Jesus, if we are returning in our life to Crackle and Rosie, Lord, we, we repent of that right now. And we turn our hearts to you. And like the addictions in the Old Testament with the Egyptians who broke their addictions as they got out of bondage and into the new promised land, Lord, break our addictions. Break our addictions and woo us with your love in the cup that really refreshes. And Lord, help us to be messengers of hope, messengers of the Eucharist. And so that we can introduce people to you and, and, and literally witness the healing that will take place. Lord, I lift up right now my friend right here who's listening. I lift up their family and friends, their children, those who are struggling, those who are hurt and, and wounded. Lord, I lift them up to you right now, and I ask, I ask, Lord, that you would break them from Cracklin' Rosie and that you would, you would meet them in the Eucharist. I pray this in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Guess what? I love you. That's why I'm here. And that is why I wanted to tell you about a Cracklin' Rosie revival. God bless. Look forward to talking to you next week. 